the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. <clears throat> wow. Seems like it's been a uh, long week. <laughs> Got a lot of reasons for that, but anyway, so the election's getting pretty close. I have an awful lot of people, and this is, uh, man, you know, it's this actually has to do with aging. As as people get older, and they've got uh, are listening more and more to a media that that's more and more, um, it's more filled with negative news, and it's it's having an impact on them. And I'm telling you, a lot of the things that, that they used to do and they used to want to know how to do and follow a rigorous guideline, some of them are just throwing it out the window. They're just abandoning everything they ever knew about stocks. And, and it's kind of, um, it's hard. We have a lot of people around the, the world that you know, they are above the age of 60. It's the fastest growing segment of the population. And I want to tell you, you need to start planning for the remainder of your life right around that age, right around 60. Because when you get up into your 70s or you get a little bit, and by the way, some that's just a general rule of thumb. Some people have issues long before that. But people start to think that because they're, they're getting older, that and what's happening is they're just not thinking well. They're thinking that, the market's easy to predict. I know what's going to happen. And this is what I need to do. This is what I need you. I need you to sit here and watch and tell me exactly when I should increase my stocks or exactly when I should decrease my stocks because I know it's going to change a lot and I know you can do it. Well, actually, no, nobody can. And then they start to get to, you know, some people are thinking that they know exactly what's going to happen. I got to tell you. Economy is actually very strong 
particularly because of what we're going through. I mean, to shut down as much as we have for as long as we have and to have the economy doing as well as it's doing is amazing. I would have never thought that that would happen. I would have thought that it would have been a lot harder, a lot tougher. I would have thought the recovery period would have taken much longer. Now, I'm not talking about the S&P 500. I'm talking about the economy. And uh, talk about resilient. Holy cow. That That is amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. It's not amazing that it went down. It's not amazing that the S&P's back up. By the way, the vast majority of stocks are not back to where they used to be. It's only the S&P, and it's because of the top 50 stocks in the S&P 500 index. Most of the stocks are still negative for the year. So on this on this show, we talk about the real truth and the whole truth, not just the truth that you want to hear. The top 50 stocks have done very well. We have funds that actually participate in that, and it's a part of our overall portfolio. So, yes, thank you to that portion of the portfolio for coming back, for, for being a, a help. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it actually started to spread out a little bit. Small caps starting to pick back up. Emerging markets, international markets. We're starting to make some progress until the market started to come back down a little bit. But they, if they close that gap, you know, if they catch back up, and it's, I shouldn't, I shouldn't really say if they do. I, I, I believe at some point in time it's going to happen. Why? Because it's just the way things work. You know, sooner or later, a dollar's worth a dollar, right? If a dollar's selling for eighty cents. Is that the good time to buy? Probably. <laughs> so if you buy it at 80 cents, but the guy that bought the other dollar that goes to a dollar twenty, when it's only worth a dollar, which one do you want? Well, I want the dollar twenty. Oh, that's because you're looking in your rearview mirror, Steve. You've seen that it's already gone up. Now you want to buy it. That's exactly the problem that most people have. You want to go to the 80 cent dollar, by the way. <laughs> this was not a trick question or a trick example you generally want to go to and by the way when the 80 cent dollar goes to 70 cents and the dollar 20 dollar goes to dollar 40 so what buy some more rebalance your portfolio that's basically what you do you rebalance the portfolio and it never feels good because you're always putting your dollars in the dollars that just lost value and you're probably selling some of those dollars that had gained to make that investment when that pendulum swings back the other way and those undervalued dollars go back to a dollar, you'll be happy you did. That's just kind of how that whole thing works, or has worked anyway, at least for the past couple hundred years. So there's some stocks out there that are just, it, it's unbelievable, the bargains, if you know where to look. It, it's mind-boggling. And it's also mind-boggling. And that's actually not mind-boggling. The, the stocks that are have done... The, very, very well. They've actually done well because they deserved it. They've been growing. That's good. That's awesome. Now, if you want out of this, if you, if you don't want to think about stocks, I, I understand completely. I really do. And the older I get, the more I start thinking about things like guaranteed income. 
Now, the guarantees on CDs, not exciting. The guarantees on government bonds, not exciting. The guarantees on high-quality corporate bonds, slightly better, still not exciting. So some of the things that are exciting are exciting in this environment, in this particular environment, in this environment for the next foreseeable, foreseeable future, like our chairman of the Fed, Powell, said. For the foreseeable future, interest rates are going to remain low. In what does that mean? That means you're probably going to see 10-year treasuries paying about a half a percent probably for a few more years. That means CDs. You might get a good CD teaser rate at 1% for six months. Then it renews it less than half a percent. And if you take money out, you get a penalty in many cases. So not in all cases. So what, where does that leave us? That leaves us with insurance companies who are stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, look, we've been managing pensions for years and years and years. We think we can take this money, manage it the way that we've been managing in the past, and we can guarantee a slightly higher return. And when I say slightly, I actually mean it's a lot higher. It's not slightly. It's not 5 to 6% risk-free, um, completely liquid whenever you want. That existed for an awfully long time period. That doesn't exist anymore. So this one is where you take some money, you put it in there, you're going to get a certain amount of income that would be basically impossible to generate in a CD or a bond. You could never generate the income that they'll guarantee that you'll get. But there are some, there are some uh, catches to it. I mean, first of all, you don't want to do this if this is money that you want to be able to take back out again because you're going to have to pay a penalty. So don't do that. It's got to be the right, you got to have the right um, product for the right need. This is a guaranteed income tool that we're talking about. And by the way, I've been mentioning Nationwide quite a bit because I've, I like working with them. There are other companies doing the same things. If I'm not, um, if the economic environment isn't the way that it is right now, I wouldn't even be talking about these. And, and for those of you that know me or listen to my radio program for any length of time, knows that I've only been talking about these for a few months. Why? Well, because you could get CDs. I can remember, I think it was 18 months ago, I got 3.5% CDs. It was a ladder. What's a ladder? A ladder is when something's going to mature next year and then the year after that and then the year after that and then the year after you got one through five years or one through 10 years, whatever you want to do. That's called a ladder. So I got a, a CD ladder and the, the total, the average yield was over 3%. Now that was just, no, that was within the last 18 months. Those CDs all got called. The new CDs are not paying anywhere near as much as those were. So this is the environment that I'm talking about. If it weren't, if interest rates weren't this low, if you could get a 5 or 6% CD, I'm not even looking at these products. There's no need. Since they are this, this low, these products fill a need. There's a need there. If you have, uh, and, and by the way, a lot of it's just based on personal needs that, that may not even be that true. Let, let's say you've got, I don't know, you got a million dollars. I know very few people have a million dollars, but you get a million dollars. You have a million dollars, and you want to you want to be sure that you know in twenty five thousand bucks, 
in addition to my Social Security or pensions that I have or, or rental properties that I have, if I could just get $25,000, then I feel like I would be great. That just gets me home. All right. Well, you can't get that on a CD right now, not on a million dollars. You can't get it in a government bond. You can take a, but you can get it if you take one of these guaranteed income tools. And let's say you're in your mid 60s. I I don't even know how much you need uh, to do to get $25,000. I'll actually have to run that during my first commercial break and then I'll come back and (laughs) tell you. It's not a lot. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's, it's probably close to half a million bucks. Half a million bucks, probably get to $25,000 on average in income. Now, if you want to play around with a, a tool uh, that, that's put out by Nationwide to see what that number is for you, just feel free to go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Email me. I'll send you the link. Okay? I'll send you the link. And you can put your age in there and the kind of income you'd like. It would tell you how much money you need. So I'm thinking, and I'm just using this one example. So if, if I put half a million bucks over there and got $25,000 a year, it's roughly about 5, 5%, right? And they'll guarantee that. So then I'm good. Now I can take the other money and I can invest that in other things because I can tell you this too. Yeah, at some point in time, you'll probably want to, to have more than 25000 because of inflation. Inflation comes along, you know, depending on how old you are, uh, what kind of health you're in, inflation's going to be there. So you want to take the uh, the balance of the money, invest for inflation. And if you put the whole million dollars, by the way, in a 10-year treasury paying one half of 1%, put the whole million dollars in it, one half of 1%, that's $5,000. That's what you get. $5,000 in a 10-year treasury with a million bucks. You're going to get $5,000 a year. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, it's also taxable. <laughs> and that's why I'm having this conversation. That's why I've been having these conversations for the last few months because interest rates went down. They started calling in all the 3.5% CDs that had been out there for a little while. And uh, this is really one of the last options. And it's a, it's a good option. I think it's a great option for an awful lot of people. But it's not for everybody. And I get, I get questions a lot. Well, Bill, what do you think makes you different than other investment advisors? Well, there are a few things, actually. But one of the biggest is that I listen to my clients. I listen to what they're trying to do, what they would like to do. And then I'll map out strategies, if they're realistic, sometimes client comes in and wants 10% a year tax-free with no risk. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Those are potential clients, by the way. They never become clients because when I tell them the truth about what is actually available, they generally walk out the door and I never hear from them again. (laughs) And by the way, they'll, they'll, here's what happens. They'll go around and keep asking for that until somebody, some clever salesman, notice I didn't say financial professional, I said clever salesman, big difference. <laughs> Some clever salesman is going to figure out that this person just wants to hear what somebody, what they want to hear, and they're going to tell them that. They're going to tell them whatever they want to hear, get them to sign on the dotted line, get the commission, and move on. And that's the way that works an awful lot of time. So you got to be careful as a consumer. 
as a consumer, you got to be careful. You should probably subscribe to, I don't know, I get Wall Street Journal online. It's not cheap. But you know what? I can go in there and I can see what bond rates are across the country. I can go in and I can look at economic reports across the country. Now, I get a lot of stuff. That's just one of the things that I get. And they are not paying me, by the way. I should call them and ask for some money. <laughs> but uh, it's one of the, the, the um, it's not as expensive as a lot of the other services that I use. And it does give you some basic information that, that's very valuable if you know how to use it. So why would I be telling you to go check on something that you heard somewhere else? Well, I don't know. There's this terminology that came into vogue within the last few years called fake news. You know, it's where the journalists have lost their fear of being sued over saying something that wasn't true. <laughs> I don't know how that happened <laughs> because that used to be a big deal. You know, you had to have reasonable, uh, it, you have to have a reasonable story or, or reasonable facts that you could actually produce to defend the stuff that you wrote. And the uh, democratization that comes with the Internet, where anybody can say anything, has had a massive major impact on journalism everywhere. So I've seen some really official-looking websites, too, and then you find out there's a 14-year-old behind it. That is hilarious. Those kids are smart. (laughs) They're there are an unbelievable number of smart kids. I got a, I have a granddaughter. She's just so spooky. She's not even three years old. She calls me. She does FaceTime calls. <laughs> she's doing FaceTime calls, and uh, she's got a, a a daycare provider who was a school teacher and decided to to do daycare from her home, and she takes videos. And we'll have to talk about that when we come back. From this commercial break, you're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I don't know where to go from here. It all used to seem so clear. I'm finding I can't do this on my back so i just started looking at some of the stocks that were coming up on scans by the way the uh the rally you know we were talking we started talking about this a little bit at the beginning of the show the rally that's occurred so far this year has been almost exclusively large cap technology stocks and because they make up such a big part of the s&p 500 the russell 1000 uh even the dow it, everybody thinks that all stocks have been going up, and that's not true. That is not true. The vast majority of stocks have not been participating. Why is that a good thing? Well, because now the rally, it's actually starting to spread out. Some of those areas that have been lagging are starting to catch up. They're starting to close that gap. That's a good sign, a very good sign. And unless you've got one of the software packages like I do, and you're looking at this every single day, you would not know that. <laughs> yeah, there are some people that publish that kind of thing. That that's great, but their you know their publications are generally pretty expensive, and the average person is never going to spend that kind of money. So anyway, as soon as we're able to, you know, we'll get a uh, a seminar. Uh, I've been 
waiting, talking to the facilities managers, and they're getting closer to be opening up. So we'll be able to do that fairly shortly, and I think that'll be a good thing. In the meantime, feel free. If you hear anything on this program or actually anybody's program, you can always email me and ask me a question. My clients ask me about everything. And uh, I'm not sure why the ones that ask me about what to get for their spouses for anniversaries or, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, I can give it a try, but, but <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I It's unbelievable how many questions I get asked. It's, it's kind of funny, actually. But normally it would be related to finance, <laughs> personal finance. You have a question regarding personal finance, you know, feel free to give me a call. Uh, feel, feel free to email me. I, I, I didn't realize, you know, when I signed up in this business, 32 years ago that I would be spending most of my time typing, researching and uh, learning after all these years, because, and you're always learning by the way, because the, the data changes uh, enough, a little bit each year, but it's enough that over five or six years, nearly everything has changed. Nearly everything has changed. So that's a, that's, Interesting. I guess it keeps you from getting uh, bored. <laughs> it is a lot of effort. <laughs> and I don't mind. I, I really don't mind. And I know people need something to simplify things like, hey, look, how much income do you need? Okay, here's how much money you would need to have to be able to generate that type of income at this return. Uh, most of the time, I, you know, a lot of people come in and say, well, how much income do I need? Well, um, I'm going to have to follow you around for a few months, write down everything you spent (laughs) to come up. I'm just kidding. Actually, kind of. Good rule of of thumb is take 75% of whatever you're making right now. That's just the rule of thumb. It used to be 80%. Now they're saying 75. Whatever you make now, take 75% of that. Then you got to go to the Social Security website or if you work for a S. You know, a, a state institution that's covered under STRS, you got to go to their website. If you're, if you're a police and fire, you got to go to their website, figure out how much they're going to be giving you. That's not that easy to do. Uh, and that's when, when you've got that information, when you have that information, then you can call me. Right? And uh, I a lot of people get really upset, disappointed because they call me and say, well, you can't tell me that. No, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to access your data online like that. It's, it's illegal. The, um, and I and I really enjoy not being in jail, <laughs> but uh, so you got to go f- find out what that is, and then putting the rest of the plan together. How much do you need to save? How much you need to earn? That's not that hard. It's actually pretty simple. So I like it from people like me because it is super simple for me. I'm only going to get Social Security. I just have my Social Security uh, account online. Go look at my projections. Come back, see how much money I got, see how much money I have to contribute, what kind of returns I need to make. Voila. Takes me all of about an hour and a half at most. Actually, it doesn't take me an hour and a half to do my own. It takes me about two minutes. But the, uh, in fact, most of them are only going to take about mm, probably an hour and a half. <laughs> Once you have all the data, crunching the data is not that hard. Getting the data is a little harder because you got to go contact setting up a social security account, they kept messing my uh, account up. I, I ended up having to go to the office and sit there for a, for a full day one day 
to find out why I couldn't access my account. They had frozen the account online. And I just got so tired of being on hold for three or four hours that uh, at a time. You know what? I just realized I didn't have the screen on. And uh, I have a caller named Bob waiting patiently. <laughs> I'm going to go to Bob right now. Bob, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Good morning, Bill. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, how? look up, uh, if you could, uh, a company called DocuSign. Yep. And give me your thoughts. Okay. Uh, hang on. Hang on one second. I DocuSign is for those people that don't know. Whenever you sign a form online, they're one of the premier companies that provide that service. So that that's what DocuSign does. And I have to log in to my account. I think the service that they provide is uh, is a good one. Sometimes. It can be very frustrating because you are, uh, it's not always that easy to navigate. And that's not DocuSign's fault, actually. In most cases, it's the company that's using their services because they all design their own forms for DocuSign. DocuSign is just the provider of those forms. I'm looking at the uh, price of sales rate. Whoa. Is that right? Price of sales ratio is 33? Not priced earnings. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to check into that one because that, that just doesn't seem right. 33 times sales. Holy schmoly. The S&P's average is two. <laughs> yeah. So under that, if that's actually true, I'll have to look into that more. But if that's true, that, that would be a, a stock that you would trade, not a buy and hold. You don't want to buy and hold a stock like that. If if you wanted to trade it out, and I'm it's for me the valuation is so high that I really wouldn't be interested in trading it. I mean, I just think that it's going to be basically completely luck. And and I understand why people would want to because when you looked at 2019, it had gotten down under near the end of 2018 rather, it was down under 40 bucks. Now it's at 200. That makes a lot of people think, oh, I should jump on that bandwagon. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and by the way, just within a couple of weeks, it's had a it had a huge spike in volume. The stock had what we call an uh, an outside down or no, no, it wasn't outside. It looks like a climactic sell off, and that's not a good sign from a technical standpoint. So if you're a technician, and uh, which I would not recommend to hardly anybody until you've got a lot of years and experience and some really thick skin. <laughs> but it looks like that it may have blown off and this rally is what we used to refer to as a dead cat bounce. That's what I was going to say. Looked like a dead cat bounce to me. <laughs> yeah. Now this one I would be interested in maybe buying some out of the money puts that are maybe six months out because you're not going to pay a whole lot of premium for that. And if that does work, I mean, if that stock does roll over, you know, that you could make a lot of money with that. But how about a, how about a strangle? I'm not a big fan of that because you're, you're taking a uh, you're, you're limiting the amount of gain that you can make so, to limit your cost. I just personally, I would just rather take a, a small, a much smaller position that's either a put or a call, depending on what I saw for the outlook, because the. Those really complicated options 
positions. I've I've rarely made a lot of money with those. I mean, it. By the way, you rarely make money with any options position. Those are a lot harder. But uh, and and if I were to do those, I would probably um. Uh, I I do the spreads that would. No, I don't even know. I, I, it's been so long. I'm not. I can't even think of a strategy that I would like to do with that anymore. <laughs> okay, a, well, thanks, Bill. <laughs> hey, well, have a good weekend. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, sorry about that. I haven't uh, dealt in options for so long, mainly because you know, the vast majority of them expire worthless. So you got to be really, really, really right. When I say really right, what I mean is you got to get the direction and the timing. Now, if you if you feel like maybe you should want you you want to take your ego down a little bit, then trade those. <laughs> That'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, you should do that for six months before you get married. By the way, and uh, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was thinking the kind of training there, you know, for for future. <laughs> but anyway, so that was interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Um, I would not buy and hold a stock that. Selling at 33 times its annual revenues. Holy cow. That's crazy. Even if those revenues are growing, they were up 45% year over year. You've already paid for that and then some by a lot. That doesn't mean the stock can't go higher, by the way. Because I've seen them get to valuations that just, it was unbelievable. I think one company, it wasn't that long ago, got up to 200 times their annual revenue. And when you're looking at biotech companies, a lot of those companies don't even have any revenue. I mean, you're basically paying for what you think this, the company might make 10 years from now if they do pay, pass phase three trials by the FDA and sell it for 10 years. You've paid up front for something that shouldn't be worth that for 10 years if all that other stuff happens. That is not a good way to invest. <laughs> that is a horrible way to invest. But anyway. You know, and that, that's another uh, thing I kind of struggle with quite a bit. Stocks are really the only game in town if you're going to make any money outside of one of these types of products like the guaranteed incomes. And those are not, you know, you, you can make more money in stocks. I believe that the people will make more money in stocks. I don't think that the entire market is that overvalued. When you're hearing about that stuff, they're factoring in what has happened this year into that. They're looking at the actual sales. Well, you know, the, the economy shut down. When those come back, and they're coming back, I mean, they're probably not going to come back as fast as you'd like them to, but when this stuff comes back, the result is that not a economy, an economy that has shrunk forever, that's not going to happen. The result is that the economy is actually going to get bigger because of this. Because now you're going to have to have all that extra equipment in every hospital in every state in this country. That's a lot of equipment. That's a lot of ex- extra equipment to have on, on hand. You're going to have to have people trained to handle the equipment that are there. Just like the, whatchamacallit, um, Homeland Security. You know, before we had that tragedy, we, that organization didn't exist. Now there are lots and lots of people that work there that are making a, a good living, that have pensions. Those people eat food, drive cars, wear clothing, hopefully, and live in housing. And uh, 
you catch that? <laughs> Just kidding. But the, uh, you know, that's and this is what I'm talking about. So the economy is not going to shrink and stay down. That, that is not happening. And I don't even care who gets in office, by the way. It doesn't matter. It's not going to stop that. You can't stop people from eating. You can't stop people from driving their cars, needing a place to live. That's always going to go on. I think the uh, one of the interesting things, and I hope this is a, a, a uh, phenomenon that actually kind of stays with us after this does die down, and that's that the savings rate has gone up. U.S. savings rate's gone up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Wouldn't you think it'd be just the opposite? You mean you need your money, or, but you also need to eat? So people are, you would think that they would not be cutting back on their spending because they still have to buy all the basics, and and yet they are. They're cutting back on spending. Well, maybe that if that habit were to take hold, boy, we would be in, in much better shape as an economy, as a country. People have a lot more in savings in, in, during retirement and be awesome. It'd be a great thing. In the meantime, I'm getting a, a ton of people asking about the election. And, and, I, and I don't know what it is, but for some reason, this time, I've gotten more calls from people who want me to predict the future with accuracy. And by the way, they always say, but you're a professional. Yes, I'm a professional investment advisor, not a professional um, magician. (laughs) And that goes way beyond magician to, to be able to see accurately the future. You know how hard that is? That's why so few people do it. Well, I'm not really trying to stock market, but can you tell me when to pull my money out of the stock market and then put it back in? No, that's the definition of market timing. And if that's what you're doing, if that's your strategy, but this time is different. It's different every time. It's never been identically the same. And we've faced much worse than this. We have. You just can't remember it. And see, that's part of, you know, and I feel bad. Because it, this happens. As people get older, they start to forget. They do. It's just a fact of life. You start to get older, you start to forget. Or you start to get older and you start to, you start to be more affected by the news. I, I've, I've witnessed that my entire career. People are getting older. And it's not just the fact that they're getting older. They're not even aware most of the time it, it's age-related. They're, they're not. As you get older, you don't have as much energy. I hear the music. That means I'm going to have to hang on to this thought until we come back from these commercial messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I have seen the many faces I fear and the pain I haven't watched the tears fall plenty From heartache and strain And we're back. Hey, if you hear something here you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. There's a contact us form there. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, write down, you know, what it is, what kind of question you have, because uh, we get a lot of inquiries and people don't write any questions down there. I have a question and um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of tough. Anyway, so we've actually talked about a lot of stuff today. The uh, normally I I try to reserve a few minutes for the stuff that goes over on the lookout for the bull website. That's the website, and um, uh, I actually taught the kid that runs it to to do that. And uh, it's a uh, uh, basically what it does is daily it goes in and looks at stocks that are making big moves right now. And I can I can tell you this right now. There hasn't been a lot of interest in individual stocks. Oh, by the way, the kid's name is Mike Seeger. He uh, just graduated, uh, incidentally, from Case. And it explains, you know, if you go to the website, there's a bunch, the, the training on it is free and it kind of explains what we're doing there. And I think it's a, it's interesting if you have a lot of time or if you, well, actually, you don't have to have a ton of time. That's why we put the website out there so you wouldn't have to spend a tremendous amount of time narrowing down the list of stocks, just the stocks that you want to take a look at. And why would you want to take a look at them? We talk about that too. So uh, having said that, and I've gone through that, and I know, you know, in my career, I've uh, I spent a lot of time working on this kind of stuff. I still do it. Um, I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, mainly because there are, are funds out there that are doing nearly the same thing. And they weren't there when I was doing this. So <laughs> when I first learned how to do this, and this is, uh, uh, it is a lot different from that the fund stays fully invested at all times. The funds will typically rebalance once every four weeks or so. Um, that that's Those are the really active ones. Some of them are every quarter, some of them are every six months, some of them once a year. So, But they all have similar characteristics. And so if you wanted to know more about that type of investing, it's called momentum investing. I would go to look out for the Bull website. I will tell you this, the uh, GameStop, GME, came up on it. Uh, we talked about that stock. It's been in and out of my portfolio a lot over the years. Uh, another one, uh, Sonic Automotive, seems okay. Canadian Solar, that's a semiconductor manufacturer. Price to sales ratio is 0.21. That came up on the list. It looks pretty good, actually. I like the, the pattern tremendously. The uh, Lots of reasons for that. I don't have time to actually go into all those right now. But anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to Mike. He's doing a good job. He publishes the list every day. He, he takes a look uh, right around 530 and takes the scans that come right out of the, uh, the software that we've used. It's all explained on the website, and then he publishes those on a daily basis. From that point, you're supposed to go in, pick the ones you like, follow the 1% rule, and you're good to go. All there is to it. I love making things simple. Let me tell you something. That was not easy. <laughs> the amount of testing you have to do to verify what works and what doesn't is a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like you could probably get two thesis papers for PhDs out of that amount of work. So anyway, and it, what's amazing is when you've tested all that stuff, the stuff that actually works, it's relatively simple. So, but you wouldn't know that unless you tried all that other stuff. So anyway, that thing's got a, uh, oh, and here's, this is one of the ones I thought was kind of funny. Scientific Games, symbol is SGMS. Um, I'll be buying a little bit of this on Monday. I have to wait, by the way, since I said that, until the market's already open. So if that stock gaps up, I'll be probably buying the high of the day. And there's a pretty good chance I'll get stopped out during the same day. 
The uh, which is why you stick to the one percent rule. <laughs> Go read that rule, by the way. The um, scientific game. And the reason I uh, like it, I've owned that stock a gazillion times over the past you know fifteen years because it comes up on the scans and and it moves like a lot. All stocks move a lot. This one moves slightly more than the average stock does. So, but these guys make lottery ticket games. I mean, think about that. And some of the, I, I believe they actually run some of the lotteries for some of the states in uh, the United States. So when you think about that, lottery, when's the lottery going away? And I, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that if the IRS decided to hold a lottery and say, look, we're going to give away a couple billion dollars every few months. You are required to pay. We're going to give away a couple billion dollars. And you have to buy a certain amount of tickets to meet your tax obligation. But some of you are going to be lucky. You would never have anybody complaining about paying taxes again. <laughs> they would all they actually you'd have people paying taxes uh, 10 years out into the future, try to increase their odds of winning that lottery. So somebody ought to, somebody ought to run on that platform. <laughs> Actually, tell Trump about it. He'll run on it. <laughs> He'll use it. But the, uh, anyway, lottery's here, here with us. You know, I, I feel like that portion, by the way, this, the symbol again is SGMS. It closed at $35.42. Back during the pandemic, it got as low is three dollars and seventy six cents. Think about that for a second. Thirty five bucks. It was one tenth that price. It's literally up a thousand percent since that. Since then, incidentally, uh, in two thousand eighteen, it was up to sixty. And if you look at the long term chart on it, that stock's been all over the place. So this is not a buy and hold investment. This is very aggressive. It's extremely aggressive. So. Read the 1% rule on the lookout for the bull. Do not take any more risk than that. And, you know, you'll be fine. Now, for those of you that don't want to hear about stocks but would rather hear about the fixed income and alternatives, that's, you know, talk about a dichotomy. So I talked about that a little bit earlier in today's show, and I'm, now I'm coming back there. You know, going from, okay, here's a, a guaranteed income product. Guarantees are only as good as the underlying company making the guarantee. That's why you want to be careful. As careful as you can, do your homework. Try to find companies who are financially strong, at least for the time being. And the because uh, these are big decisions. And it's the total opposite end of the spectrum on the risk side. This is something you're buying just for the guarantees. Now, a lot of people like to look at the investments because there is an investment option uh, or element to these things, but I would not, I, I wouldn't be looking at it for that personally. I'm just looking at the, uh, personally, I'm looking at the guarantees that, that I'm going to get. In this case, it's coming from Nationwide. There are other companies, by the way, that, that do the same thing. So I just happen to like them, but uh, for a lot of reasons. But And feel free to call me about that too. I'll be glad to to tell you about it. And if you want to set up a phone call, uh, you want to set up a meeting, we are taking meetings in my office if you'd like to come in. We have hand sanitizer and masks for anybody that shows up. You know, I'll uh, 
Make sure everybody stays six feet away from us, from from you, all all three of us. <laughs> there are only three people in my office, for my office in particular. The people we work with, you know, our custodians have whole teams of people that are designated just to help us run our practices, which I find very nice. And it's amazing. In fact, my industry is the fastest growing industry in the financial services. Registered investment advisory firms are seeing have been, it's been that way for the past you know, six or seven years. And uh, let's see, actually, this is my 16th year. So I was out a little bit ahead of the curve, a little bit ahead of the, uh, um, the stampede because <laughs> they were stampeding for a while there. Same way funds have, have come out and kind of dominated. And then, you know, like it's the last thing I would really like to touch on is I hear people, you know, they're looking at funds. And when you see the, the trailing yield, the people are looking for income and they're, they're dying for income. They're looking for income producing funds. And these income producing funds, they have a number. It's called the, the, uh, the current yield. That's basically how much have they paid out over the last 12 months and how much is the share price? Well, that is not all the information that you need to know. Because those current yields, if you're paying, let's say I pay $1,100 for a bond. Why? Because it was paying, you know, 4%. So I just paid 1100 bucks for it. And that bond's going to mature in two years. So two years from now, it's not going to mature at $1,100. It's going to mature at $1,000. You're going to lose 100 bucks. You're gonna lose a hundred bucks when that if you pay eleven hundred dollars for that and the bond matures at a thousand. Well, if you factor that in, you're giving up fifty dollars in each of the two years. Well, fifty bucks is five percent of a thousand, and you're only getting four percent. You've actually lost money on that bond. You lost money on it. So, and if the bond happens to be in a fund, by the way, the fund's gonna lose the money. And if you've got your money in that fund, guess what? So you got to you have to know more than that. And the SEC yield is what you really want to ask for. The SEC yield is really what you want to look for. And do do not drive off the highway trying to write that down. Just call me. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> I promise. SEC yield is the thing you want to look for. It takes into account the premiums that the bonds in that fund are paying. Big deal. It'll save you a lot of heartache. People are looking at the ones with the high, and they don't know this. They're looking at the highest yields, and they don't realize that when you when you pay more than the bond is going to mature at, you're going to lose that at some point in time. And it doesn't matter if it's in a fund or not. If the fund buys it, the fund loses it, and that's your money that's invested in that fund. So you got to remember that. The current yield is not the number you want to look at. It's the SEC yield. Now, on that note, and the fact that I hear the music means my show's over. I'm going to let you guys go. Have a good week, everybody. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, to reach out to me. Have a good week, good investing, and good luck. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. 
That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.